Welcome to the Sharp Waiver Wire and Injury Show for Sharp Football. I am your host, Todd Burrows, and you can find me on Twitter at BestBallNFL. Joining me to sum up week eight and to help you to prepare for week nine are Curtis Hirsch at Curtis Harsh, H A R S C H, our waiver expert, and Tucker Bagley at T Bagley Sports, who handles injuries for sharp football analysis. Curtis, what's your biggest takeaway from week eight? Yeah, I'll go on a bit of a rant here. It's been a tumultuous start to the fantasy season, and week eight was one of the first fun weeks for fantasy scoring. So many gamers want recognition and having our priors being correct. And the week eight victory laps were out of control on social media. So week eight is just the same as week one. It's just one week in a long fantasy season. No prize money has been awarded yet, and half the season still remains. So my takeaway is things change fast. Keep looking forward and save the victory laps for Week 17. Tucker? Yeah, I agree. There's still a lot to, to be played in this season, but I think the one thing that, you know, at least it was finally a breath of fresh air. A lot of big names finally broke out. Derek Henry had 200 yards and two touchdowns. Maybe that was just because he, he plays the, the Texans and he does that every time against them, it seems now. But Christian McCaffrey scored a touchdown three different ways. Alvin Kamara, I think, put up 35 or 40 fantasy points. It was refreshing to finally see a lot of people who had high draft value in August finally show up and, and play at a level that we expected since the preseason. Yeah, I think that Henry has been pretty good um, all year. Uh, For me, my biggest takeaway is that fantasy football is a game of luck and skill. You put yourself in the best situation possible to get lucky, though. For me, I leveraged a higher-than-average Christian McCaffrey with double uh, that of Donta Foreman due to CMC's injury concerns and his very early ADP. I never dreamed CMC would be traded, and that I would get to have both. But you make a plan and you put yourself in the best position and you hope the luck works out for you. I started off this season very poorly. I mentioned it on the air. Um, I didn't take any victory laps this year, but I'm up to 28% pass-through rate on FFPC, which is very good. And, you know, my big takeaway is that You know, it it, it ties into what you guys were saying, that it's only one week, but you want to see yourself heading in a good direction. And I'm glad that um, I've been trending in a better uh, situation than I was early in the year. And hopefully it will lead to uh, my getting some money at the end of the year. So we've had a few trades uh, just now. Chase Claypool to the Bears, Chase Edmonds to the Broncos. Um, The Dolphins getting both uh, Jeffrey Wilson Jr. and Bradley Chubb and Calvin Ridley, the man without a country, traded from the Atlanta Falcons to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Curtis, I don't see anything there that is going to greatly change the fantasy football season. We do have an hour left, but is there anything there that really sticks out to you? Yeah, the Jeff Wilson one stings. I had a lot of shares of Jeff Wilson, but I dropped them yesterday to make up for some of these buys coming up. So that stings. I didn't really, he might play a pivotal role in that offense going forward. He might not, but 
I'd rather have him on my bench than on the waiver wire right now. Yeah, I I checked and only one of my 10 leagues is he available. I almost dropped him myself on Sunday and I chose not to uh, in the one season long league where I do have him. And of course, the one league where he's available um, is the league, the only league where I'm terrible. I'm one in six. Mm -hmm. All my other season long leagues are really good. Um, So it's interesting that he's available. I actually think that he could be better down the stretch than Mostert. He has a better two-way skill set. It'll be very interesting as we get to, you know, a couple weeks down the line to see whether Jeff Wilson or Raheem Mostert is the guy who is the 1A in this backfield. But the key thing is that it does hurt Mostert because obviously they feel Wilson is an upgrade on Chase Edmonds. Your thoughts, Tucker? Yeah, it's it, it certainly is fascinating. And Chase Edmonds going to Denver, I mean, they're, they're pretty much just trying to plug a bunch of bodies into that Javante Williams size hole they have in the backfield and, and hoping something sticks. But the other guy that I'm curious about is Chase Claypool going to Chicago. I mean, there isn't necessarily a big upgrade in, in scheme or, or quarterback play in that move, but he goes to a place that's really devoid of wide receiver talent outside of Darnell Mooney. He was the number two guy in Pittsburgh behind Deontay Johnson. I know they don't throw the ball a ton in Chicago, but I'd be interesting to see what his target share is moving forward because I think he shows up and at the very least is a high end number two wide receiver there. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I think that that's pretty fair. So um, let's go over uh, the week that's coming up. It's a little bit of a light week for injuries. Thank goodness. But we are knee deep in bye weeks this week. After only having two last week, the NFL, in its graciousness, has given us six teams on by the Cleveland Browns, the Dallas Cowboys, the Denver Broncos, the New York Giants, the Pittsburgh Steelers, and the San Francisco 49ers, which is going to, thank goodness there aren't a lot of injuries because we're going to need every player this week. Let's go position by position and first hear from Tucker on injuries and then Curtis on waivers. Um, Let's go over the quarterback position, Tucker. Yeah, I mean, there isn't really anything to report at quarterback, which it feels like this is the first time we've been saying this all year. But you you look at who's available this weekend and who's playing there. There's nothing to report. It's actually a, a breath of fresh air to see that Every quarterback that that at least was listed as a starter last week is expected to play again. And in a week where you do have six starting quarterbacks on the bench, I I think we're going to need every option available this weekend. Curtis? Yeah, like Tucker said, breath of fresh air, no real injuries yesterday. Would have been interesting if a high-profile guy went down, if Tom Brady would have been made available. So I was kind of keeping tabs on that situation. If a Josh Allen or Jalen Hurts went down, what would these teams that are in contention do? But this week it's, we got the Tennessee Titans are playing Kansas city. So I'm good with either Tannehill or Malik Willis depends on which one's the starter. Obviously they're going to have to throw the ball more than 
10 times this week to keep up with the Chiefs, who allow the fourth most fantasy points to quarterbacks. And I like Taylor Heineke as well. I know he wasn't drafted first overall, or did he win a Super Bowl on the back of Nick Foles? But right now, he's the best option for the Commanders if they want to score fantasy points because he actually targets Terry McLaurin. I like the matchup against the Vikings secondary as well. So Heineke is a guy that I'll be targeting with some of the buys going on this week. Yep. I, uh, I want to ask you about Willis, the rookie quarterback. He did not get to throw much. He has good legs. I'm guessing with them being a winning team, that Ryan Tannehill, if healthy, will be going. So what, are, if anything, are you doing with Willis on bye weeks? Yeah, well, he did not look comfortable when he did need to throw. So that's if he does end up starting. I know Ryan McChrystal had put out a stat on how often he was sacked in college. So I'm definitely loading up on the KC defense if. Malik Willis is a starter. He's I'm a little worried with him being able to throw the ball. Not not an ideal first start, but obviously it was against Houston, so they could hide him quite well. But I think there's reasons he fell down to the bottom of the draft there. All right, let's move over to the running back position. Who got hurt, Tucker, and what are your updates at the running back position? Yeah, Gus Edwards is dealing with a hamstring injury, which they, they played on Thursday night, so that gives him a little bit more runway to, to get healthy this week. But I would say, based on just how long it took for him to get back from that knee injury that, that he suffered a year ago, I, I would bet Baltimore stays relatively cautious with him. So I wouldn't be shocked to see him maybe limited in practice this week and, and questionable heading into the weekend. Chuba Hubbard was inactive after getting his first start, finally out of the shadow of Christian McCaffrey and he went down with an ankle injury, and you mentioned Dante Foreman just had an unbelievable game. He's rushed for 118 yards in each of the last two weeks, added three touchdowns against Atlanta. Then the other guy inactive was Ezekiel Elliott, who I know he's on by this week. I know Tony Butler played well, but I'd be interested to see what the Cowboys do in two weeks because Ezekiel Elliott is a guy who plays through injury. He never misses time. I think he's missed only two or three games in his entire career due to injury. So the fact that this was enough to keep him out, I wonder if it is a long-term multi-week thing that when they do come back from the bye week, he still might not be 100% ready to go. Yeah, I um, don't get me started on Jerry Jones and the decision. It, it just is ludicrous to me that, you know, these guys have billions and billions of dollars and they earned it in business, but they can't see that, the Cowboys are better with Tony Pollard over Ezekiel Elliott. It, it really does boggle the mind, Curtis. I will take a contrarian view and say I don't think week eight next year I will be regretting how early to- Tony Pollard went in drafts. I assume he's going to end up in a good landing spot, and I feel he's going to be very overdrafted next year. That's my comment on that situation. So. <laughs> All right, let's get to who you're picking up at the running back position this week. But there is also Ezekiel Elliott jersey hanging behind me, so I guess my allegiances have to lie there. I I agree with Tucker. I think the Ravens are going to be cautious with Gus Edwards. They have a bye after this week, and they may as well just let him have the rest. So 
I'm looking at either Drake or Justice Hill. I think either could play a reasonable role in this game. And if Drake isn't available, I think Hill will still get some touches as he's averaged over seven yards per carry this year. Um, and then Travis Homer is another guy who kind of stood out yesterday that he's now the number two in Seattle. DJ Dallas didn't really see the field. Uh, Homer has history with Pete Carroll. He split carries with Marshawn Lynch the last time the Seahawks made the playoffs. So looks like if something happened to Ken Walker, that Travis Homer would probably be the first man up. All right, that seems good. Let's move over to the wide receiver position uh, with injuries, Tucker. Yeah, this is the one position that that really got banged up this week. You have Cooper Cup, um, who's currently day-to-day with an ankle injury. I'd be shocked if he didn't play just because uh, of how much the Rams really rely on him offensively. Rashad Bateman's going to be out a while. He'd been dealing with a foot injury. He missed time with a foot injury. He came back on Thursday night. I think he only played about 20 snaps and then was out again after aggravating. So I think he's going to be out for quite a while and could be a candidate um, for an IR situation. So I would certainly keep my eye on that long term. And then over with the Chargers, they, they're they coming off a bye week, but Mike Williams is expected to miss another you know three or four weeks with a high ankle sprain. And who knows what's happening with Keenan Allen. He hurt his hamstring in the first half of the season, didn't return until week seven and played about 20 snaps and, aggravated that hamstring injury and was out again. And I don't think he's participated in practice yet this week. So you look at the chargers as they're kind of moving forward. They might be without their top two wide receivers um, at least this week and possibly longer. Yep. Yep. It's um, very frustrating. I've got one really good um, team in season long that has Bateman and you keep waiting and thinking, man, I can add some, but you know, he'll be an add on. Um, but it's just not meant to be. Who are you picking up this week, Curtis? No, oh, Bateman elevates that offense so much too. The splits with him on versus off the field are pretty incredible. So hopefully Roquan Smith runs some routes for them. I don't don't know where they're why they're going after a linebacker yesterday. Hopefully they've got 10 more minutes to add a wide receiver. They add a wide receiver, things are looking pretty slim there. I do like Julio Jones, who returned to action. Russell Gage seems to be a non-factor dealing with an ongoing injury this year. He looked pretty good in in his return and out-muscled someone to get to the end zone. So I think the uh, Buccaneers are going to have to pass down the stretch with a few more losses on defense. So that's a guy I'm looking at. And then for all the dynasty guys, Terrace Marshall Jr. has finally got his opportunity to play with since the Robbie Anderson trade, he's ran a road on almost every single dropback and has looked pretty good. Uh, and if he gets a upgrade, a quarterback next year, he might be an actual NFL starter. We'll see. At the tight end position, the big injury was Irv Smith. And that reminds me that I missed one of the trades. Um, and that trade was TJ Hawkinson, kind of a, a bit of a surprise being traded in division to the Vikings. The Vikings have only one loss. The Lions have a lot of them. And Hawkinson is going to need a contract next year. So I guess it makes sense for them on one level to trade him. But it was a bit of a shock to me. Um, Your thoughts on the injury, Tucker? Yeah, I mean, I just, not only does Irv Smith 
probably have eight weeks of recovery. I don't know if he has a job when he comes back. He's going to end up on the IR, and they might tell him, depending on how the season goes, to, to just hang out there. There's not necessarily a rush. Now, they don't really have much tight end depth, so him coming back and, and being the tight end two behind TJ Hawkinson will probably be best for the team. But, yeah, if you're holding any Irv Smith, there's no bot, no reason to even stash him on on your IR for the next few weeks and hope to, to bring him back for the playoffs. He's he's pretty much done as far as fantasy is concerned. Yeah, and um, who do you have at tight end this week for us? Um, a likely story, perhaps? Yeah, a funny story is I did make the joke that Albert O should have went to the Vikings just because there was no way I was writing up Johnny Munt. I didn't see TJ Hawkinson as the interdivision guy being traded but they were definitely needed to upgrade on tight end with Irv Smith out so glad to see that we don't have to pick up Johnny Mund uh and yeah like you had said we're gonna likely have a debate on the next target who just like preseason waivers I'm a little lower on than consensus right now he's probably a one-week starter against the team would rank number one in DVOA against tight ends and there's still a chance Mark Andrews plays. So Isaiah likely will garner some attention. He did get a ton of targets after Andrews left and looked really good with them. But I just don't know how big his role is going forward. Yeah. And to me, you also have to look at who is the backup in Detroit with Hawkinson being gone. Do you know yeah. off the top of your head? Uh, it's a guy that has played a couple of snaps and he's been catching a few balls each game and uh, kind of was paying a bit of attention to his usage over the past couple of weeks when Hawkinson's name did come up in trade rumors. I can't remember. Yeah, I can look it up real quick. Um, name's Brock Wright. There you go. All right. I, I, I would say that, you know, that's a guy that I will have in my um, kind of a why not? Um, Brock Wright and James Mitchell are there. Yeah, so, absolutely. Um, they give up a ton of points. They're going to need to throw the ball going down the stretch. Why wouldn't you pick him up? Yeah, I think that uh, he, he might end up having the uh, right stuff. Anyway, um, let's move over to who you're streaming at kicker in defense this week. Uh, yeah. The answer might be there might not be a lot of kickers or defense on waivers, but who are you looking at, Curtis, where you need one? Yeah, I'm going to the Kansas City on both sides. They were off a bye, so their defense wasn't worth holding. And if Malik Willis starts, I do like the chance of a lot of sacks and potential for some turnovers. And even if Ryan Tannehill starts, that offensive line has been egregious this year. And the same with the kicker. I'll take Harrison Butker if need be. What league are you in where Butker is available? I just assume he was dropped. I, I didn't have enough roster spots last week to keep a kicker around. I think that, that means that I need to do a quick search. Because he was um, hurt before that. Correct. But, I mean, he's one of the top two kickers. Oh, you're right. He's available in more than half of my leagues. Yeah, just being so thin with all these other injuries and stashes that it's very difficult to keep a kicker around for a bye. 
Yeah, yeah. We did it in one of our leagues a couple weeks ago with Carlson, and the way he repaid us was by coming back and not getting a point last week. All right, so um, let's move over to Tucker. And is there anyone that we should be looking at coming back from injury? I picked up the Sean Watson, like I said I would in a couple leagues. I on teams where I thought it would make a lot of sense, I, I put in bids close to a hundred dollars, um, and some in the seventies. And every he, he he you know every league that he was available. It was the week where he was picked up by everyone. Is there anyone else out there we should be looking at, Tucker? No, Watson's the big name, and obviously because of the really small group of of high-quality quarterback play we've seen so far this season, he's definitely a wild card. And I think a lot of teams and a lot of people are are desperate to try to add a a high-end option, and he could be someone that, Quite honestly, at this point in the season, could win a league for you if he shows up and he plays like the guy we saw in Houston a couple of years ago. But I'd also tread carefully because this is someone who hasn't played organized football now for two years and doesn't necessarily come back that quickly. Yeah, yep. I I think that makes sense. Um, There's no one else off the top of my head. Um, So let's go to our, our favorite segment, must add, must drop. And um, I get to go first this week. My must add is Donovan Peoples-Jones. He has been a guy who you could start in a pinch. And with Watson coming back, he is the deep threat on that team. And I think he could be that guy who makes a huge difference down the stretch. My must drop is a guy that I was thinking of dropping in the one league that I had him, but my partner loves him, uh, Sky Moore. I mean, not only has he not been able to crack the lineup, he now has Kadarius Tony going there. So it really makes it very, very difficult to imagine him uh, being of value down the stretch. Tucker, who do you have? Uh, I would add Josh Palmer. The Chargers are number one in, in pass attempts this season. And right now, their top two wide receivers are both injured, and I don't think they play. That just elevates him to the number one spot. Even DeAndre Carter behind him could be an option as well. And must drop. I hate to do it because he was an early pick of mine, but, I mean, Cortland Sutton's just been absolutely atrocious in recent weeks. He hasn't been able to, to really make an impact. He's been out-targeted by, by Jerry Judy quite a bit in recent weeks. And, you know, last week he had all of four targets, one catch for 13 yards, had three catches for 23 the week before it sure seems like Russell Wilson has found a new favorite target uh, out in, out in Denver. Curtis. Uh, I'm going to go with the almost 80 year old quarterback to wide receiver connection. Give me Julio Jones for the ad. My drop was going to be Paris Campbell, but there was a trade that just happened. So I'm now going to drop James cook because the, Bills added a pass-catching running back after spending high draft capital on a pass-catching running back. Did they pick up Naheem Hines? They sure did. Yeah, I thought he might end up there. I traded in Dynasty, and I still think it'll work out okay because Cook has not looked bad. Um, And I think Hines might be a one-year guy. Um, I don't know what his contract is, but I traded – 
I traded Aaron Jones for a number one pick and James Cook. So uh, obviously it's not as good of a move as it was when I made it, uh, but that is breaking news. And I'm going to add another drop, a bonus drop, and it's Melvin Gordon. With Edmonds going over there and the fact that Latavius Murray has been looking better and getting more than Melvin Gordon, I think that you could drop Melvin Gordon in a lot of leagues. Curtis? Oh, totally agreed. Uh, he's not happy where he's at. The coach isn't happy with him. I'm assuming he was going to get moved today be- with the addition of Chase Edmonds. Maybe it funnels out, but yeah, they probably don't have much of a role moving forward for him. All right. A new segment we will do until after week 11 for redraft, and then we will continue it for dynasty is who is either the guy you most want to trade for in a redraft league or trade. We will use the same order as our waivers to keep it simple. So I will go first this week. I think Damian Harris is a very interesting guy to trade for right now. The reason I think that is he's been hurt and Ramondre seemingly has taken the role, but Harris is a free agent. If you're in a dynasty league or even if you just need a running back, I think the Damian Harris owners Damian Harris owners are going to be willing to let him go cheap. I am looking to trade for him. Tucker, who are you looking to trade for? Well, I had a different guy mentioned, but after that trade, I'm I'm interested in Deion Jackson, who I, I think is going to be elevated in that Colts offense and is going to get a lot of pass catching opportunities. He had 10 catches in, in one of the games that Jonathan Taylor missed earlier this season. I think he steps up and, and takes over Naheem Hines' role in that offense and could be a productive pass catcher out of the backfield for Indianapolis. Curtis? Yeah, I'm going to go off the board, and mostly because you stole Sky Moore as my drop, so I'm going to wish a little bad luck on you here with uh, Dontrell Hilliard because uh, he's looked pretty solid in his carries, and last year at this point, Derrick Henry was the RB1, so I was never fading him because of his first week, eight weeks. I was concerned about the 28-year-old running back with over 1,500 carries. So let's see what happens in the next half of the season. But Dontrell Hilliard could be a league winner if something happened to Henry. Who yeah, I'm only slightly play. overweight on Henry. And the big reason that I was interested in him is he has just a cake final couple weeks schedule. The Houston Texans? <laughs> yeah. And there's two other teams. I don't have it in front of me. Uh, but, you know, I I I felt like you know, if you got lucky and he did hold up, that he could absolutely oh, just... It, it is. No, you're right. He's His weeks 15 to 17 are absolutely a joke, and he could put up 30 points every game. Yeah, and, and, and to me, that was worth having even weight to slightly overweight. Uh, you know, I think that people, especially on Twitter, get too dogmatic about things. And older running backs, I mean, I didn't see what everyone was talking about last year with Henry. I mean, he broke his foot. He he was a league winner early, right? Until the injury, you were saying that, you know, I was sitting there kicking myself because I kind of faded him last year. I I wasn't going to make the same mistake this year. Um, And in general, uh, with volume in best ball, I really don't like to get under 5% of any first-round pick 
because the reason they're going in the first round is they can crush. And the, the most likely thing that will turn a guy into a crush, besides his own talent, is injuries around him. So it never made sense to me to put more value in um, who you like versus the chance of injury in fantasy football. Um, With that, we're going to leave you and see you next week for Curtis and Tucker. I'm Todd. Thank you very much. And we'll see you next week.